Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to episode 57 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I'm Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And today, it's not Sam, but... It's Gary. Gary's joining us today as a guest host as Sam travels the world. How are you doing today, Gary? I'm doing great. I think I sound cooler than Sam. You are so much cooler than Sam. <laughs> and it's episode 57, which, you know, if we want to later, we'll joke about it being closer to Sam's birthdays than ours. So we'll be fine. It's all right. Yeah, he's not here. So let's trash him. That's perfectly correct. <laughs> not that his son. Love you, Sam. I mean, his son gets paid to edit these, so I'm sure that most of the trashing part will get cut out. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> He'll wind it backwards and make some evil uh, Satan comment. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. Play this whole thing backwards. Yeah, it works. All right. So today, I think what we're going to do is some talk training. So Lucas, why don't you cut to uh, Tom Petty and then we'll get into it. Fabulous. So now that uh, the audience has heard Tom Petty, let's talk about what we want to talk about today, Carrie, which I think was having a plan. Absolutely. I'm learning more and more as I get older how important it is to have a plan and have a strategy. I think it was probably the most important thing that carried our team through COVID and all the changes that it brought. Because um, I think when you don't have a plan, obviously you're planning to fail. Heard that before? There yes. is that quote floating out there. Yeah. Yeah. And training always plays a huge part in a plan. If you don't have a plan, then team members make up the storyline. Um, and so if you want to guide the team and, and particularly keep them positive, I think you have to show them that as a company or as a manager, whatever level you're at, that you've thought it through and that you're thinking about um, where we're going to be, you know, a year from now or two years from now and how important is the stuff we're talking about now for the future. Because sometimes we make decisions that are short term and they actually end up hurting us in the long run. So if we have a plan and we make sure we're aligning all our decisions to that plan, you'd be amazed what mountains you can move. I love that idea because there's so many layers to having that plan too, right? At the franchise level, you're building a plan, like you said, for a year, two, even five years out. At the mm -hmm. director level, you're probably building that plan for six to 12 months out. At that supervisor level, that plan should be like one to three months out. And if you're a manager, please just build a plan. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, let's get through thinking about what we're going to eat today. <laughs> let's be honest. I've been a manager. You know, I'd get up at two o'clock in the afternoon, eat breakfast at four o'clock at, at work and, you know, run the shift and be up all night playing computer games, whatever. Um, but it is very important that you have a plan because I think, you know, what we need more than ever right now is distraction and positive distraction. And when you don't have something that you're trying to achieve each day, a goal, something you're trying to hit, then there's 
there's that natural thing that whoever you interact with that day, that becomes your world and that now becomes your reality. And unfortunately, we're exposed to just so much negative stuff as our reality these days, you know, from politics to, you know, rules that are being enforced on us with how we deal with our health. And, you know, just everything in the world is changing at a really rapid pace, more than I think it ever has right now with um, there's just so many things that are being updated and changed. And, you know, it's so weird when you look at old movies, you, sometimes they feel a little bit weird. It's like, wow, in today's world, that would have never been allowed to be on TV because it's just changed that much. So, you know, like for us last year, we came up with a plan when we were lifting all our pay rates. And obviously you have to have a plan for that because it's going to cost you a lot of money. And at the time it was going to cost us more money to pay our team that extra pay than, than we'd made in profit for the previous year. And so, yeah, that's a pretty hard decision to make. For our listeners, businesses are a for-profit enterprise. So this would not right. <laughs> this would knock you out of that. Okay. Just, just make yes. it. Okay. Profit is not a dirty word. You, you do need to make profit. Now there's a difference between people profiteering and not taking care of their team. That's absolutely not what we do, but you do have to think about it. And we made a decision that potentially could have taken us under, but we had a plan with the things that we wanted to do. And we talked through the managers and we said, look, here's what we want to do. You will get paid more too, but here's what we need to happen. And they came on the journey with us and actually we ended up making double what we thought we were going to make, you know, so the importance of having that plan, but here's the crazy thing. If you start talking about, here's what we want to do five years from now, two years from now, and you start to write it down, this weird human thing happens. You start achieving them now. Not five years from now, you actually achieve all your five-year goals in the first year because everybody gets so excited about all of the things that they're doing and everything starts to make sense. And if you've got a, a good culture in your team and, um, you know, like one of our brand uh, values for our for family ventures is family. So when you start talking about family all the time, every decision you're making all of a sudden becomes about family and it steers the, the direction that you're trying to take and you start making better decisions and the team starts aligning. Imagine that everybody working towards the same goal. And I think that's the first time that I've actually ever felt like that in our business, that we are so aligned. When we're talking to, you know, that driver in the store, he's saying those words without even realizing why he's saying them because the plan's there. When I was at corporate and we were talking about strategies, taking something from the C-suite down to the store level, the analogy I came up with was a road and that the executive tells you where the road should end but if we don't talk about everything that needs to happen, the frontline team member is just looking at woods and rocks and grass. And yes, they could probably drive their car through it, but it's going to be so slow. They're going to get off. They're going to go in the wrong direction. They're not going to know where to go. And to be honest, mm -hmm. half of them might not go anywhere. And so having that alignment just makes it so much easier for them because they don't have to think necessarily where the next step will take them. They just have to think what the next step is. And it's yes. so much easier to do that than to come up with it all. I'm in Ohio helping out a franchisee and we're having some of those similar struggles with, with what that plan is down at the store level. And it's amazing to me that when there's no plan, when the manager's plan is you and I old school showing up at three o'clock, work till close, go eat food at four o'clock, do whatever, right? The store's going backwards so much faster mm -hmm. than the neighboring stores because they're not doing the things in their store to build their team, to grow their team, to build themselves. They're just mm -hmm. kind of sleepwalking through it. Waiting for it to happen. Yeah. 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 And you definitely can't do that in today's world. It's so it's, I mean, it's always been the case, but I think it's more escalated now because there is such a shortage of people 
that if you're not actively working on your team every day, training, investing in them, you will go backwards because you're going to lose one here, one there, and then you wake up the next day and you're like, shit, I've only got one driver now. You know, that that old thing of never stop hiring, never stop hiring, never stop training. But you've, you've literally got to sit down and say, what is the thing that is stopping me from being successful right now? So, you know, for us, it was, there's just not enough people who want to be a delivery driver. So how do we position our company to be, have the best culture, the best pay so that we're never competing with anyone else for that. And then we get the team member that we want, but then we also immerse them into our culture and make them feel like they're a part of something. So they don't want to leave. And when you start to put things down on paper like that, you say, well, what are our bottlenecks? What, what's stopping us from doing that right now? So if, if you're sitting down with a manager and you say, what's your biggest issue right now? They'll say, I haven't got enough drivers, right? Classic. I literally heard that yesterday at the GM meeting. Yep. Yeah. So we went around and we put up pieces of paper in our manager meeting of every store and listed out how many drivers they have. And it was actually kind of crazy that it was more than what we thought. With now, um, with some of the systems that we're doing where the driver's not coming into the store anymore, we're handing the bag to the driver outside the store, we don't need as many delivery drivers, right? So when we actually looked at it and put it all on paper and we made everyone list out how many team members they have, we actually didn't have as much of a driver problem as what we thought we did. We had a couple of stores that, yes, definitely had that issue. We had a problem with hustle. So, you know, what we thought was our issue, when we start to break it all down and start to go, okay, let's put a plan together, we realized it wasn't actually, that wasn't the primary issue. Yes, we need more drivers, but we had more than enough to do what we need to do. We just needed to make sure they weren't wasting time, you know, that turnaround time. And so then, you know, it moves to another issue of, yes, I'm hiring a lot of people, but I'm not keeping as many people. So what's my issue? My issue is I'm not doing good enough interviews to identify the right talent. Wait, 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 wait. Here's where normally if it's me and Sam, I interject with some snarky, sarcastic comment. And because it's you and me, Carrie, I'm totally going to inject with some snarky, sarcastic comment. You actually interview your team. You don't just hire every single person that just comes in. Oh my gosh. that's amazing. <laughs> Yes. Because, you know, when you're trying to build your football team and you allow the, the guy who doesn't know how to play football on the team, he's going to get everybody else disappointed when you lose the game because he's probably going to lose the game for you, right? Well, wait, are when you talking hard, soccer or football? No, I'm just kidding. Whichever, you know, whatever. <laughs> Whoever's listening from whatever country. You've got a great team already. You've got to be really careful. When you are that lean, you've got to be really careful every single person you bring in because they can break the whole team. And and not only that, your whole team's looking at you going, why the heck did you let that loser on our team? And you start to lose your really good people. So we've been, you know, that was, you know, part of our plan was about training people and hiring people. And we identified that actually we needed to do a better job at not letting just anyone in the door and educating the guys, making videos, teaching people how to do interviews, like sitting down in front of each other and, and going through the interview guide. And it definitely stopped us from hiring a lot of people. Now, you can never get it 100% perfect, but I remember sitting there at a manager's meeting asking my team about our turnover had drastically dropped, but also our hiring had drastically dropped. And I was asking them, you know, if they knew why that was, are we just getting less applications? And, and they actually said, probably each store, there's one or two drivers they just didn't hire because they were just not the right person. And we we're like, okay, now we know we're winning. But if you don't sit down and create a strategy, whether it's at a manager level, a franchisee level, a supervisor level, if you're not looking at those things, 
ongoing and making a plan and making it clear to your team what the plan is, making it simple. You know, there's two things we're going to drive right now, not like 10 things because you can, you can change two things, right? You can make an impact with that. It's amazing you say that because as I'm, I'm here and I'm working with the supervisors, I use the phrase, I want to make work small. If you think about it, there's to your point, there's these hundreds of things that's going on in the store. And all I want to do is just focus on one or two things. That's it. And if, yeah. and, and as long as we can do this, then we can get to the other bigger stuff or the other cooler stuff. But right now let's just make work small. Let's just mm-hmm. focus on this and, and we can get there. It's amazing what happens when you start to peel back and talk about what's important. But again, to your point, the only way I can talk about what's important is to have that plan. Yes. Right. If I don't have the plan, then what's important changes by the hour, by the store, by the supervisor. And then you're, yeah. you're all over the place again. Yeah. And you can't, your plan can't change every other day as well. We came up with our driving plan for family ventures. We said it was our five-year plan before COVID hit. So COVID hit in March, 2020, we came up with our plan just before the end of the prior year. And we said, this is what we're going to run with for the next five years. And the timing couldn't have been more perfect because it was, you know, lead in pay, lead in training, lead in culture and lead in efficiency. And we've still today use those same exact four pillars, but now it's 2022, right? But each time one of those pillars becomes more important. So we looked at everyone's pace and our pay is not the important thing because we've done that now. Now we've got to focus on the training. And then we just went like just a bull at a gate doing all these training classes and getting through pizza college. We put our whole team back through pizza college and it changed our world. I mean, it doesn't stop. You keep continuing to train, but now we're a year down the track. Pay now becomes a thing again. And the world's you know, changing in that regard that what we paid a year ago is now not relevant to today because of all the inflation. But those same four pillars keep being the things that drive our plan and we keep going back to them. And so the team know, and we talk about them every manager meeting, we put them up right at the start. Where are we at? That people could just recite it because that's the same thing we keep talking about, keep talking about it. We keep talking about family. I think sometimes we change with the wind because somebody brought us a problem today. So now that's the thing I'm going to focus on. And if you change your plan too often, the team doesn't know what's important to you and they don't know what to focus on. And that's when you end up with people going all different ways, like what you talked about before. Yep. Um, yep. But in, today, in today's climate, I think what I've really noticed, because we brought a big plan to the team March last year, and we brought a big plan to the team just in the last month. They respond so well to having that really clear, unwavering guide to the future. And then once you launch it with them, going back to them really quickly afterwards, going, here's how you're going against the plan. So you just keep reinforcing it. But, you know, people say, you know, a lot of the team members right now, they don't want to work. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. It's not true. If you've got the right people there and you're giving them the right guidance, they're the same people that they always were. Just maybe you're not giving them what they need or you're assuming that they don't need it. So you're just treating them like they're not important and you're not giving it to them. But every single one of my managers, every time I go to them with a plan and I tell them how they're going against the plan, they rise up to it and they change their number immediately. The challenge is how do you keep it going for the long term? Because you're in their brain. It's like, Week one, we got it. Week two, we kind of got it. Week three, we forgot about it now. <laughs> like you got to just keep reinforcing it and coming back to it. I think Sam and I have talked about it. I uh, I wanted to lose some weight, so I went on that that Noom app, and it actually talks about what you're going through with that. Where there's the honeymoon phase, where you get that instant activity. There's a peak, and then it, they have what they call the doldrum. And the key there is to have, to your point, whether it's 
I mean, on the app, it's, it's a guide or a bit of training or something to read, right? There's something to bring you back to realize why you're doing this. And it's yes. always going to be that little bit of a roller coaster, but it's identifying when they're on the downhill to give them a little bit of support to bring them back and keep, yes. keep the momentum going. Because it's human nature, right? I want to lose weight. Yep. I want to lose weight. Oh my God, I'm starting to lose weight. I just lost 10 pounds. And then now the Chick-fil-A is starting to come back in and the, you know, and then before you know it, you're back where you started. Right. And then you got to go down the journey all over again. Same with our managers. They achieve it and they're like, oh, I'm done now. No, yeah. you got to keep doing all the things that you were doing <laughs> to stay successful. It's Systems kind of here. funny when, when I talk about plans like that, I, I always try and make it, make it graphically into a wheel because wherever the ground is touching is what we're going to focus on and it's going to come back. And it like, yes. it's just never going to stop. It's just going to keep on rolling and we're going to adjust this. And then we're going to adjust that. And we're just going to keep rolling through the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. You keep learning as you go. Yeah. No, no. I deal a lot with supervisors. I, I have that 15 year experience of supervisors being underwhelmingly trained for what we ask them to do. What would you look for, for a plan for the supervisors? Cause they're not really on the ground and they're not really crafting the five-year plan. So what would you think for a plan for supervisors? How to develop the plan, do you mean? Or, or what their plan could look like or what they should focus on? Our guys at the coalface, I have less stores per supervisor. They actually work shoulder to shoulder with the team. So whatever we're introducing for the company, we're asking them to go out and filter that. You know, basically they're saying and doing all the same things and the same behaviors at store level. But the single biggest focus for anyone right now should be people. It should be how do I make someone really want to work here? You know, it's definitely not um, they're lucky to have a job with me. It's we're lucky to have them on our team and they're coming to work and they're engaged. And they may not be somebody I'd go out and have a coffee with outside of work. But I have to respect the fact that they're coming to work for me every day. And there's a lot of people who don't come to work anymore. So how do I work with that? How do I bring out their best qualities and, um, you know, put aces in their places? And the, t- the supervisors that are, are really good with people are building teams, even in the current climate. Because if you are good with your team, they're actually more loyal now than they ever have been, believe it or not. I completely because, um, agree with that. It's just so negative out there. So if I find a home and a place where someone loves me, takes care of me and is invested in me, I'm going to stay. It's amazing because that, that's the conversation that I was having with supervisors was exactly that. Like, like I kind of care that, that the product looked good. I kind of care that the service is okay, but I really care that you're just making sure that the folks that are working here want to work here yeah. and that we make it a place that when a customer comes in, they look around and go, oh, I could see myself working here or my kid working here or my brother working here. Right. And, and that's gotta be the focus. So yeah, I I completely agree. Like, like operations, keep it okay. Give some coaching, but it's just make it as great an environment as possible. The secret is getting people to care. And if people care, then you can train them how to make a great pizza and they care about a good pizza going in the oven. Yep. If they're not really invested in it, you can train them how to make a pizza all you want. They just, they're just not that invested to want to do it. So take care of your team first, make them love where they are, and then they will want to go and achieve all the big things for you. They will want to learn how to make a great pizza and how, they will want to take care of the customer. I think a lot of mistakes that people make when they go into the supervisor role is they feel like that their managers are almost their servants. And because they say so, the manager's going to go do it. No, you've got to buy the team into the things that you're trying to achieve. and 
actually, you know, even as a franchisee, I 90% of the time feel like I'm actually on the lowest end of the scale because I'm always convincing everybody <laughs> that my plans are good. You know, like I, if I just go out and say, I'm going to go do this and I don't have ownership of my team, they're not going to buy into it. They're not going to do it. They can say, yeah, yeah, to my face, but they go out there and they don't do any of it. We're actually talking about that at our meeting the other day of we used food cost as the example, right? When anybody has a food cost problem, the first thing is you scales and it's an action to get a result. And what ends up happening is when the person who says you scales leaves, the scales get put away and no one uses them. So we're yes. talking about exactly that of talking to experiences and beliefs and getting them to understand that what we're, what we're doing is to change the change of perception, right? We're not telling them to use a scale. We're trying to get them to understand the bigger issue and to change a mm -hmm. perception. And once we do that, then they'll use a scale forever because we don't have to tell them to use it. They realize mm -hmm. that, that by using it, it's not about the bottom line. It's about the customer experience that they're getting the same thing all the time. And, yes. and changing that story creates so much buy-in. It's amazing for whatever it could be hiring or food cost or whatever. It's, it's just yeah. getting to what that experience is. Yeah. And this thing of that I hear over and over and over again is people just don't care anymore. People, it's harder to get people to do what you need them to do. And human beings haven't fundamentally changed how we manage people. Yes, um, definitely. We, we need to show that we care. I think we could get away before with not caring and not treating our team well. Now that's not my belief system, but I think a lot of managers have been able to get away with that in the past. And you just that. can't in today's world, you have to be better than that. Um, so if you, if you really don't like people, you really shouldn't probably be in the pizza business at all. But when you show that you care and you give your team a genuine plan and you know, you might not get it right every time, but they will definitely come on the journey with you and they'll trust you and they'll want to do the right thing for you. I completely agree. And you know what, since I completely agree, I think this is a great spot for us to call this episode. And as Sam would say, we'll land the plane and I'll actually do the phrase correctly. <laughs> so this has been episode 57 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I'm Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting and Gary Heyman with uh, Family Ventures. Hey, <laughs> like us, follow us, subscribe, do whatever it is you do to listen to this fabulous podcast. Until next time, sell more pizzas and have more fun. That's all, folks.